how many of us run into the problem or the situation where you have to choose either religion or science? Welcome back to another episode of Shut Up and Listen. We are kicking off a brand new series, and this series is covering so much information, so many different elements. We're going to be looking at religion versus science, religion versus relationship, the elements of Christianity, how we should go about Christianity, how we should apply it to our lives, the different terminology, the Christianese, the importance of reading your Bible, praying, going to church, all of that good stuff. We're going to be, I'm going to try to wrap this all in a nice, neat package that's hopefully understandable within this new series. And today we're going to be talking about religion versus science. Now, a lot of people think that you either have to be a person of faith or a person of fact. Those two things cannot coincide. And that kind of confuses me because where where does that fit in? Where why does that why is that a normal thing to think? Because People of faith are almost displayed as these people of ignorance, people that don't know anything. And then the people of science are presented to the masses, to the public, as if they are the academics of the world, that they know everything. And really, if you think about it, you have to have faith within both areas. You have to have faith within science because you're you're putting your belief system upon years and years and years of conducted research and different theories about this world. So you're basically just putting your faith in man. You're thinking along the lines of, well, I see this research. I know that there are these theories that people have said and they have proved them to be true. So I'm going to dedicate my life to proclaiming that this is truth. And that is their belief. That is their belief system and a lot of scientists don't want to say that they don't want to proclaim that that is their belief system that is basically their religion and within the world of faith you actually have hardcore facts especially within christianity now we'll be getting into that later on within these next episodes but to think about that you equally have to have fact and faith within both of these areas now There are three main worldviews that we come across. And the first one is theism. And that is the belief that there is a personal God who created the universe. And secondly, this, um, there is the view of naturalism. And that is the belief that there is no divine being and the universe is a result of time and chance. And thirdly, there's the belief of pantheism. And that is the universe is, um, excuse me, that the universe is eternal and the divine is impersonal and it just it makes up all living things the universe is god there is no higher power it is strictly the animals the plants the ecosystems and all of that is what makes up god now logically speaking not all of these can be true at the same time because they contradict one another So one of these must be the real answer. And to prove how one of these is the real answer, let's use the most basic, the most overused argument that we hear within 
science versus religion and that is the cosmological argument how this universe how this earth was created within the eyes of theism they believe the universe has to come from something else there has to be a higher power that created the universe within naturalism they believe the universe came from bacteria came from these smaller elements that gradually became bigger and bigger and bigger over time and created the world and lastly the view of pantheism is that the universe has just always existed it has no beginning and it has no end now the evidence to prove or disprove these theories or these um beliefs is quite interesting really if you look at it from strictly a logical point of view there is i mean i know i am biased but there is one that sticks out the most now the evidence to disprove naturalism is that it goes against science and human logic because really something cannot come from nothing you cannot create from which that there was nothing to create from you always have to add there always has to be something to begin with it's kind of like if you were a clockmaker and you're looking at a bunch of parts you have to put those parts together in order to make or to complete the outcome on which you want to achieve but you can't just be sitting there and think of a clock and then a clock is going to appear out of thin air that is not going to happen there has been scientific um research that has backed this up there was one scientist who conducted an experiment with with meat he would place the meat in open air in an environment that would produce um, bacteria and the bacteria would start to form but then he placed it within a bag or within this certain environment that it was not going to form and it didn't form wow big shocker there so really to say that this entire universe came from absolutely nothing is completely against science and human logic and lastly there is the evidence against pantheism and that contradicts the big bang and its philosophy because the world has to have a beginning and an end it just can't keep going and going and going and going and that's something that is pretty interesting to think of like for those who don't believe in a god, who those who don't believe in anything, those um, who believe or are agnostic that just believe that once you die, that's it. The world just keeps going round and round and round and round. But really, it comes down to this main thing for each of these elements is what is our purpose? Within naturalism, you have no purpose. Within pantheism, you have no purpose. But within theism, believing in a higher power, believing within a deity, something that created the creation, it gives you purpose. It gives you meaning within this life. I don't know how you could believe in naturalism, believe in pantheism, and think that you have purpose. Yeah, sure, you'll be able to do whatever you need to do within this lifetime. You can go through your normal routine you can get up go to work you can do all of these things you can have families you can you can go do all of this fun stuff you can acquire all of this garbage you can go on vacations but really at the end of the day do you feel like you have 
purpose. And I want to tell you that you have purpose, but it is from something. If you have purpose, where does it come from? Now, to begin, we need to lay out the foundations of our own moral understanding. Before dishing out the basics of Christianity, we need to develop our moral standing. I've said that already. I feel like I'm being redundant, but really... If you don't believe that there's a God, then what's the point of discovering or going about this life? Discovering your purpose. What is your ultimate value? If your value comes from God, but you don't believe in a God, you don't believe that there is a one true God, then why? You should just go back to your your view of naturalism, your view of pantheism, because really, you don't understand because you're not getting to know because he is a personal God. What keeps us from knowing him? From knowing a God or the God? What is it? It says within Psalms chapter 14, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. Their deeds are vile. There is no one who does good. The Lord looks down from heaven on all mankind to see if there are any who understand any who seek God but all have turned away all have become corrupt there is no one who does good not even one do all these evildoers know nothing they devour my people as though eating bread they never call on the Lord but they but there they are overwhelmed with dread for God is present in the company of the righteous you evildoers frustrate the plans of the poor, but the God, or excuse me, but the Lord is their refuge. Oh, that salvation for Israel would come out of Zion. When the Lord restores his people, let Jacob rejoice and Israel be glad. It says in his word, it says that you are overwhelmed with dread. And honestly, I know what that feels like. I know what it feels like to reject God, to reject how he feels about me and his character. And once I get, I get to that point, I just, I don't feel whole. I don't feel like I have a purpose. I feel empty. There is no purpose in everyday life. But once I'm able to step further and try to get to know him more, I find my purpose. I find my value. I find joy and happiness in everyday life. I don't find that in naturalism. I don't find that in pantheism. I only find that within knowing and experiencing a relationship with the one true God. But then again, there are those things. There are multiple characteristics, multiple actions that keep us from knowing him. And what are those things? I would say that the biggest thing that keeps me away from knowing God is my own human reasoning. Now, I'm not saying that you have to be an airhead, you have to be stupid to be a Christian. It's quite the contrary. God cannot stress the importance of knowledge and wisdom and insight enough within his word. Even though long time, long standing, very proclaimed and pronounced Richard Dawkins would dispute this fact, Because he says, and I quote, religion teaches us to be satisfied with not really understanding. And to that I say, whoever goes into Christianity with a blindfold is a fool. 
You are a straight up fool. For God created us with brains and intended us to use those brains. If he wanted us to be robots, he would have created us as robots without feelings, without emotions, and most importantly, free will. But God created us with these things. And it pains me to see people use these things, use the things that God has given them to disprove his existence. How messed up is that? Like, that's, that's disheartening. I know, because I've been there, and I have, I have felt like he doesn't care. I felt like he isn't there. Bars. And really, it, it comes into the cycle of this human reasoning element that keeps creating a blockade for us knowing him. It says within Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus who to do good works, which God prepares in advance for us to do. Purpose. Proverbs 18, 15. The heart of the discerning acquires knowledge, for the ears of the wise seek it out. Wisdom. My son, if you accept my words and store up commands for you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding. That's Proverbs 2, 1 and 2. Isaiah 11 verse 2, the spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Says it over and over and over and over again. Your purpose, you have purpose within God and God has given you wisdom to discern things. He's given you knowledge and insight. You can use these things to get to know him better. You have to apply yourself though. You actually have to take action and there are subcategories within human reasoning and really i'd have to say the ultimate thing even above human reasoning that holds us back from knowing god is our sinful nature it says within psalms chapter 7 verse 14 through 16 whoever is pregnant with evil conceives trouble and gives birth to disillusionment Whoever digs a hole and scoops it out falls into the pit they have made. The trouble they cause recoils on them. Their violence comes down on their own heads. There is repercussions for our sinful nature. Yes, it may seem fun. Yes, it may seem just like everyday life when we don't believe in God, when we just, we go about in the natural, we live in this world, but Sooner rather than later, we come into these repeated problems of sin. And what are those repeated problems? One of them is pride. We have a huge pride problem within Christianity. We believe as humans that our own understanding, that our own knowledge reigns supreme within this world. And anything that surpasses that cannot and will not be true. Or because it's just illogical. We can't understand it, therefore it is not true. We scoff at those who claim that they, that they serve an invisible God, one that doesn't have any form or substance, and we laugh because we believe Christianity is just a fruitcake religion with no solid evidence to support it. We use things like atheism, um, being uh, agnostic, and believing in science, and using these things to refute or disprove the Bible. However, how can the study of the natural prove or disprove the supernatural? I think I find this kind of thinking illogical. Because yes, science c- 
cannot prove God's existence, but his creation can. Now, that kind of sounds counterintuitive, but what I'm saying is that man cannot prove by his own willpower, by his own um, saying, God, prove yourself to me. You cannot do that by your own will, your own understanding, by your own existence. You cannot prove the existence, the power, the might, the overall characteristics of God. You cannot do that, but his creation can. Just look around you. Look at the complexity of this world, our bodies, our minds. Humans have the ability to display emotions, thoughts, actions. I've already said all of these things. And every day we prove God's existence, even by our own DNA. However, we still run into this problem. We keep running into the issue and the problem of pride because it blinds us from the truth. It says within Psalms chapter 10, verse 2 through 4, In his arrogance, the wicked man hunts down the weak, who are caught in the schemes of his devices. He boasts about the cravings of his heart. He blesses the greedy and reviles the Lord. In his pride, the wicked man does not seek him, him being God. In all his thoughts, there is no room for God. Man, that verse hits me so hard because how many times have I been that arrogant man that I feel like I know more than God, that I know my plan and my will is the ultimate way, the ultimate path, and that is where I'm going. And I completely discredit God. And, and that completely humbles me because I know I struggle with pride on a daily basis. And I need to be able to lay down that pride in order to get to know God more. Another factor of our sinful nature is that we have unbalanced thinking. We think that we have to choose either science or religion. And I have a favorite band of mine called Atlas, and they have a song which has an amazing quote that has always stuck with me. It says, Faith without facts is dead religion. Facts without faith is science fiction. So give me an honest faith. Give me a humble reason because I don't want to choose between them. Would I be crazy? Would you be shocked if I told you that truth isn't found within secular science or legalistic religion? The evidence cannot come from either. Why? Because it credits man's accomplishments over God either way you look at it. God's handiwork can be found all around us. And somehow, in some way, mankind has found every possible way of screwing up how we should see God. True Christians use their faith, their actions, as well as their knowledge and science to glorify God. Not to prove God, but to glorify God. Science comes from the Latin word... I'm going to completely botch this yet again. Uh, Scientia, I think. Mm -hmm. Who knows? Which means to know. Using secular science to prove or disprove God's existence or disregarding deeper levels, or excuse me, we are thus disregarding deeper levels of thinking altogether if we use science to disprove or prove God's existence. And really, if we're taking that, if we're taking that action, it makes us incredibly ignorant and incredibly stupid. Because really, 
God is, if we believe that God is the supreme, ultimate power, he is all-knowing, he is outside the limits of time, why would we even try? Why would we even try to use our own intelligence to try to understand him? Because we can get to know him, but we're not going to completely and fully understand every single element in the way that we will understand in our own human insight. Another aspect of um, human sinful nature that keeps us from knowing God is that we are misinformed about God. We don't know him. It says within Isaiah chapter 40, um, verse 25 through 28, To whom will you compare me? Or who is my equal? Says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each one by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them will be missing. Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord. My cause is disregarded by my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary in his understanding no one can fathom dang just complete mic drop isaiah like that is so true i'm not even going to add anything to that because i believe that verse completely sums up how we stand and how we go about our misinformed way of viewing god fifthly we think that science disproves God. Now, I, I, I keep saying this. I feel like I'm being a little redundant over and over saying this. But I wanted to give you guys this quote from um, Amir D. Azel. And he said within 2014, in Time Magazine, in Time Magazine, I was super shocked when I read this. He says, and I quote, has modern science from the beginning of the 29th century, or I'm, I'm sorry, that probably should be the 20th century, <laughs> typo, from the beginning of the 20th century proved that there is no God. As some commentators now claim, science is an amazing, wonderful undertaking. It teaches us about life, the world, and the universe, but it has not revealed to us why the universe came into existence nor what preceded its birth in the Big Bang. Biology has not brought us the slightest understanding of how the first living organisms emerged from inanimate matter on this planet and how the advanced, oh gosh, scientific word, insert here, um, ecroite cells, sorry, the highly structured building blocks of advanced life form ever emerged from simpler organisms. Neither does it explain one of the greatest mysteries of science. How did the consciousness arrive in living organisms where do symbolic thinking and self-awareness come from what is what is it that allows humans to understand the mysteries of biology physics mathematics engineering and medicine and what enables us to create great works of art music architecture architecture and literature science is nowhere near explaining these deep mysteries and to further this claim, to further this idea, 
John Lennox within a debate against Richard Dawkins. He says that atheism, atheism completely undercuts science completely. For those who believe that there is no God, that, that, that no one created this universe, Lennox says, if in the end my beliefs, my theories, my scientific th- theories are the results ultimately of the motions of atoms in my brain produced by an unguided random process, why should I believe them? In other words, it's like someone sitting on a branch in a tree and cutting off the branches on which they are sitting. It seems to me, therefore, atheism actually undercuts the scientific endeavor. I couldn't agree with that even more. Because it, it kind of boggles my mind to think that those who believe in this world, they believe the, that the complexities of the natural... Within science, they are completely immersed within these complexities every single day. And that's what they're studying. I don't understand how they cannot see something greater than which they, which they study, which they research. I don't know. Yes, we are blind. Yes, we have, we have our own uh, agenda. We have our own belief system. The world, well, this, it's just a chain reaction and this happened and this happened. And you know what? I don't, I, I, I can kind of understand that because if you don't believe in a higher power, then you have to come up with some sort of answer, right? You can't just say you don't know, which honestly, there's a lot of things in science that they don't know, which is quite contra- contrary to what they display. For some reason, science is displayed as this, this all-knowing force that just can figure out anything. It's like, oh, well, we don't know that, but we will. It's like, well, what if you never know that? Well, that's not an option. Okay. Kind of doesn't make any sense there because why don't you just accept the fact that you're not going to know things? I mean, there's nothing wrong with figuring out. There's nothing wrong with discovering. But really, like, are you that full of pride that you feel like you have to understand every single element of this universe? I don't know. Just something to think about. Um... J.S. Mill said, It is evident that only mind can create mind, for nature to make itself is scientifically is a scientific impossibility. And um, Ravi uh, Zacharias says, To sustain that the belief that there is no God, atheism has to demonstrate infinite knowledge, which is tantamount to say, I have infinite knowledge that there is no being in existence with infinite knowledge. So basically, you're just putting yourself as God. If you believe that there is no God, you believe that humans are the ultimate deciding factor. We are our own gods. Now, if you look at human nature, if you look at us, we are limited. We, we, we are not gods. We don't know everything. We don't, we don't control anything. Yes, we may be able to manipulate things, but we have zero control. Absolutely no control. And as I've said before, if... If we believe that we are gods, if we believe that there is no God and that humanity is the ultimate authority, we are the top of the food chain, then where is that just our meaning? Is that just our pure value? Is that we we are humans, we walk on two legs, we have brains, we speak, we're able to communicate, we're able to do all these things, but at the end of the day we die and then what happens then? C.S. Lewis says that atheism turns out to be too simple. If the whole universe has no meaning, we should never we should never have found 
out that there is no meaning. How crazy is that? How crazy is, like, beautifully said by C.S. Lewis. How in the world that you know meaning? How do you understand the aspects of morality? How do you know that things are right and wrong? How do you just understand in general? If God isn't actually real, I'm going to ask you guys a question. If God isn't actually real, then why is Christianity the most attacked, persecuted, discredited, disregarded, pushed aside, pushed over, burned to the ground, beat up, massacred religion or set of beliefs out there in the world? You step out and you're like, I'm a Muslim. Sure, there might be some crazy people out there that are like, oh, well, we don't like you. But the majority of America has grown and has been forced to accept the Muslim community. If you're Buddhist, if you're Hindu, if you're anything else, sure, cool, okay, you're in the melting pot of America. You can do whatever the heck you want. But as soon as you step out and you say that you're a Christian, oh my goodness, you for sure... without a doubt, you will know that you're going to experience multiple situations, multiple instances where people will tell you that you're wrong, will tell you that you're dumb, will tell you that your beliefs are archaic, they're old, you need to disregard those and come into this new enlightened state of mind. Believe in facts, not faith, because if you're a believer in Christianity, you're just ignorant and you don't understand how this world actually works. You don't see Allah or Buddha or Muhammad or any of these other religious figures being trampled on. You don't see their names being misused on a daily basis. Why is that? Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought about why God and Jesus and their names are used in a certain way? As as uh, you curse or whatever, your different... Um, explanatory emotions whenever you get excited or if you're mad or whatever like why why have those names have been twisted in such a way I don't know something to think about pretty interesting and lastly I want to finish this episode by talking about is God real how do we know and I I know excuse me Throughout this entire episode, we can use the natural to give us evidence of his existence. We, by our own human effort, cannot prove or disprove God's existence. But ultimately, how do we know that God is real? Number one, we know that God is real because it is in his word. We know by reading the Bible, we have seen him throughout history, throughout these lives, these certain individuals, and just within this nation that he loves, and how he carried out himself, and how we see his character, we see his love, his righteousness, his holiness, and everything that makes him who he is within his word. So if you don't think that God's real, I would challenge you just to read the Bible, seriously. Maybe not, you don't have to start all the way from the beginning. Maybe just start with the New Testament. Start with the New Testament and work your way down. And then if you feel like it, go to the Old Testament. I strongly recommend reading the Old Testament as well. And you will see God there. 
you will see every aspect of him. You'll see how it's not archaic. When you read this, it will relate to you now. Surprisingly enough, I've been shocked multiple times of how I keep reading this book and it is so much more than just a book. Secondly, we know that he's real because of Jesus. We know that Jesus came to this earth. There are philosophers, there are theologians that will say that Jesus came to this earth. Now, a lot of them won't say that Jesus was God, but they will say that Jesus came to this earth. And we know by reading his word that Jesus was God, Jesus was fully God, Jesus was fully man, and by or through Jesus, we know more about God the Father. And lastly, as this episode has um, slightly hinted at, <laughs> we know God is real through his creation. We see this world, we see the complexity of nature, the complexity of human anatomy. We see him. He's everywhere. You just have to open your eyes and look. And it may not be easy for those who, who have never believed in a God or maybe they kind of believe but they just never have seen them, they never felt them, they've never had that experience. Maybe just say, God, if you're real, show me. Show me through this, this world. And don't say it in an arrogant way as if you're some magician and you're summoning him, but just in a humble way, in a way of, of submission. Say, I don't understand what this Christianity thing is about. I don't understand the huge the, the huge buzz about this of why I should accept this of why I should completely turn my life around for this. And I want to know you more. I want to know you more and that will show you why Christianity is the answer. You have to know him more. You don't have to choose fact over faith. They go they coincide with each other. They are hand in hand. You can look it up. There's videos, there's debates that um an amazing debate is the one that I've already already mentioned, the one with uh, John Lennox and Richard Dawkins. There's another one with Bill Nye, and um, naturally I can't remember the other guy's name, but he is the founder of the Creation Museum, our Answers in Genesis. There is a two-hour and a half long debate with those two, and they, they duke it out, and they have lots of questions. Maybe you even watch that. Um, there's many resources I could probably try to ground or scrounge some more up for you guys, but seriously, know him, see him. You you might not feel it instantly, or you may feel it instantly. Just try, just try, because you never know. And I guarantee you, he will show himself to you in one way or another. You just have to start looking. I know that was a lot to kind of take in and it's going to be a little bit more in depth within the next episode. We're going to be we're going to be um diving into the concept of religion versus relationship and I'll kind of explain that more later on. But man, I'm excited for this series. I'm excited to really to to learn more myself because man, I've learned so much already. But just keep um listening to these podcasts, keep growing in your Christianity, or if you're not a Christian, just look for God and look in his word, read his word. And I promise you, your life will never be the same. It will just continue to grow and mature for the better. All right, guys, I think that's my time. Thank you so much for listening yet again. Hope you guys have a blessed day.
See ya.